Hi there. This week, I'm with Dr. Vic. Dr. Vic is actually a pediatric and family wellness practitioner and chiropractor. So you can, uh, you, you're going to be able to reach him and find him on the, on the multiple websites and links that he provided in the description of the podcast, uh, episode description down below. Uh, in the meantime, I would recommend you to share the podcast, let the podcast known to people and have as many people subscribe to the podcast on many platforms that they have access to. So Google Podcasts, iTunes, and so on. Um, finally, I hope you guys are doing well. Uh, you know, like confinement here is, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a roller coaster of emotions and uh, I can't wait for, uh, for people to uh, cheer up, hug, and uh, meet again. So uh, without further ado, is there Tukvik? Thanks. Hi, Vic. How are you doing? I am doing amazing. Alex, how's everything coming along? Ah, you know what? You know, like we just talked about this, you know, being quarantined is not too good for my mental state, but you know, like I'm going to go through, I'm going to get through this, but it is, uh, yeah, it is quite a ride right now. You know, like it's, it's, uh, it's something else. I, how about you? Are you go, uh, how are you, uh, <laughs> dealing through this? You know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I always believe that everything always happens for a reason, right? I've seen it in my life. I coach people. I've seen it in their lives. And um, I always, always feel like there's always going to be good out of something. You can call me an optimistic or whatever, you know, whatever your label you want to put on there, but it's always something that I see is going to come good out of this. May it be with myself, relationship with myself, how I view things, it's or my business or the world or you name it. And so that's my perspective, even though we can get into like the dark stuff and seeing where we're at, are we ever going to get out of here? It's like, okay, who do I have to become more of, um, as we go through that journey? Yeah. And, and at the same time, like we, there are plenty of things which we can see as, you know, like super optimistic and positive at the same time, you know, like minute by minute, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's a conscious effort to look for it. You know, like it, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's just like, okay, now I must, um, you know, like in French right now, you know, like that's pretty much like the motto that, um, um, you know, like the government and, you know, like the, all of our publicity right now is saying, which means like everything's going to be good. You know, like, so it's like a rainbow and it says everything's going to be good. And so they, they just plaster everywhere with it. And, you know, like there is something about, you know, like you need to do like a conscious effort and saying, okay, where is it going to be good? You know, like, and, and let me find it. And as you said, you know, like within myself, you know, like in me, and outside, you know, like, and, and we just talked about this, you know, you were going to get to this, but you know, you have like a, you're running a business and you know, like you, you're, you're probably feeling it. So, um, as I do every week, you know, like, let's start, let's start this by, uh, pretty much leaving you the, the road open to tell me where do we begin this? You know, like the, the, the upbringing, the family three, where, you know, three, where do we begin this? Love it. Um, you know, I was, I was, uh, I'm born and raised in a suburb of Chicago called Murrells Park. Um, growing up, it was an Italian community, uh, Italian, you know, a lot of Italian Americans there and Italians from Italy. Uh, I am a first generation Italian. So 
it, it was fun. I, I loved growing up in the neighborhood. There was so much connection and just family and um, everything was about the family. You know, the whole, as they say in the Godfather, we it's true in an Italian culture. And it was one of those things where, you know, you, you take for granted as you get older. Cause it was annoying at times. It was like, you know, especially I got to become a teenager where like every week I got to go by grandpa and grandma on Sundays for, for, for dinner. I mean, it's a whole day event. It's not like it's a, an hour or two. And, uh, but it was, it was great because it teaches you the principles of life. Right. And that's what, one of the big things I gained out of that is, is what really matters at the end of the day. You know, it's your family at the end of the day, it's your family. Um, and I've had things along the way teach me that, but it was one of those things where like, you know, I always said when, when my birthday always came, I always say, I thank the people who are part of my life, um, to celebrate it with me because actually you make it meaningful. Siblings, brothers and sisters. I have one sister. And so, um, I mean, I, 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 I immediately can identify to the, you know, like close knitting of it, you know, like the, the, my parents were always like that. And, um, you, you, when you've gone, when you've lived it, you want to recreate it as much as possible. You know, like I, 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 I try to be as close to my father and as close to, you know, like everyone that's even, you know, like I, I would, I would even expand this to people that I consider family. And that doesn't mean that it's a cousin or a brother. You know, like if, if I consider you family, I think that the, what my parent inspired me is that when, when you're close to someone, when you're that close to someone, you can consider them family and pretty much do the same thing. You know, like, so, uh, in terms of the, yeah, you know, like how tight you can be with people. I, I love that how you brought that up. It's the same way for me. It's one of those things. If somebody's like really, really close to me, you're my family. You're part of my circle. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no such thing as a friend, uh, you know, or, or, or things along that nature. Yeah. And so what kind of kid were you? Well, is that again? I apologize. I'm uh, no going out for a second. What kind of kid were you? What's, you know, like what, what's your upbringing? Like, uh, you know, like, uh, apart from, you know, like the, the closeness of the family. I was, so being the youngest, I was very big into sports. Sports was huge in our life. It was something that, uh, it, it just, it was part of our life. We just played. Um, and so sports taught me a lot of things. Sports brought a lot of life lessons that I may have not gotten the family unit, even though I was around out of the family all the time. Um, but it was one of those things that, you know, just, it was, it was sports were to teach me life, but then they also, um, helped me escape from my issues too, because I can be able to get away from stuff. And that's the beauty of the beauty and the curse of, or the, I say the blessing and the curse of family. There's, there's amazing things that come from it, but then there's another side of it that isn't so great. Um, can you elaborate a bit on that, Vic? You know, like yeah, I, if so you can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, you think about it, like if you, I'm trying to go back, like you, your problem was never, if you had an issue or something came up in life, maybe let's, I don't know. Um, it could be school related. It could be something happened with, uh, all broken yes. for the first girlfriend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have my first girlfriend, you know, the first kiss or the first, right. Um, they would, they're depending where and how that goes, it would be, sometimes they would embarrass you more. Right. Yeah. So it's the beauty of having the family, which you have people to share it with, but then they give you grief or opinions mm. or this, or, so you get that dynamic. And so growing up for me, I didn't have tools to understand that. It would be frustrated. Like, why are they listening to me? You know, I'm trying to explain myself. And even though I may go against everybody, yeah. um, I wanted to be heard. And so sometimes that can uh, kind of deter your beliefs and, and, and kind of put you into certain sections that the family kind of goes down. 
especially when when you get in your teens. You know, like my mom would yeah. call her sister systematic fucking Lee. <laughs> <laughs> systematically like so anything that would happen like the first art break first french kiss whatever she would call my fucking aunt and you know like you don't know now you know like uh it would drive me nuts it would drive me nuts you know like, I, anyways you know like <laughs> you just probably PTSDing on you <laughs> Now you're bringing up a memory. I remember I was 14, no, maybe 15. And I had some, a girl accidentally, she gave me a hickey on my neck and I was going to my grandfather and my grandparents' house. It was two days later and it was big. I couldn't cover it up. And so I'm going there and I knew when I sat by my grandfather, I had angled away and all that. And I'm like, he can't see this. He is going to humiliate me. Oh my goodness. I'm never going to hear the end of it. And then he, he told me, he goes, you may think I'm stupid, but I already seen it when I, I already know what you have on your neck. And I was like, dang it. And so then you have to deal with the emotion, you know, the humiliation from it. And of course they don't make it easy on you. And then they lecture you. So, I mean, beautiful stuff. Though. I appreciate the man. Uh, but it was just one of those type of things. You're like, how can I just be okay? Be happy for me. This, I yeah. didn't even know, that, it, you know, I didn't even know it was there. Yeah. And but it's yeah. a, it's a time where we're so, we, we just don't know shit. You know, like, so, so, you know, like it, 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 it is, and you know, like you, you can't learn your lesson by any other means by you experiencing it, you know, like, so even when the elders being your parents, your grandparents, whoever, um, try to teach you, you know, you're so insecure that, you know, like you don't want to hear about it. You want to experience yourself. And, and, and I mean, ickies are, you know, like a good one because like, it was just like, <laughs> my mom would say that, you know, like only slopey, slopey people got this. You know, like I was like, ah, oh, leave me alone. You're like, <laughs> it felt good when I got it. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Good memories. Good memories. And so, um, you talked about sports Were you, um, was it, fa you know, like a family thing, your parents were into sports or it was just like for you a way to, uh, I wouldn't say escape in the pejorative way, but you know, like a kind of a way of building your social skills and all that. Yeah. Uh, my dad played a lot of sports growing up. He was in tennis. He was in soccer. He was in, um, what else did he play? He was a gymnast, very well-known gymnast in high school um, and so forth. So he was very active. My mom is was more, and she didn't get that much of a childhood growing up. She played a little softball, but uh, for her growing up, she had to work in the restaurant. That was just, that was the the family thing back then for her. So, but that, and then all my friends played sports. So like everybody, because we're an Italian community. So we're all playing basketball. We're all playing uh, football. Uh, I never played organized football with like all the helmets and stuff and the gear. I would play tackle football with my friends, yep. but that was the thing. So we, it was all about just being active and playing sports growing up as much as possible, as much as we could. And academically, were you doing good? For the most part, I was like a B student, B, B minus, yep. but no, I would do good for it. Um, especially when I got into high school, then I started, I don't know, getting better in my, with my GPA and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was good at, uh, specifically math and science. Those was my two, my two, uh, uh, subjects I loved the most when I was in school. The other thing I need to ask you is what was your relation with authority in general? You know, like the, there's like two aspects to this, you know, like there's our parents and, and, and I asked you that question because, um, well, obviously I, I told you before, re, you know, like starting the recording that I'm pretty much don't know where I'm going, you know, 
<laughs> so, you know, like, because of that, you know, like I, I, I'm always, you know, like I, I'm always just fascinated by, you know, like the exploration of, you know, like people's life story. But I ask that because, you know, like I, I, I meet a lot of folks that, you know, like had, you know, like drug issues and alcohol issues and, you know, like the relation with the relationship with authority is interesting because, you know, like if it's not being called or labeled anti-conformist, which I was, and a lot of guests that I had were, um, there's also the, the first relation is the one with your parent, which sometimes is fantastic. And then comes the outside authority, which is like teachers and coaches and so on, which becomes kind of, you know, like this becomes messy and or the other way around, you know, like you, you, you know, like the rigor, the rigor of, you know, like the, the teacher and the coach is fantastic to your, to your kind of, um, well-being while, you know, like your parents' negligence, you know, like makes you kind of a, uh, you know, like a free bird and not in a good sense. Um, so yeah, I mean, like what, what was your relation with authority in general? I love it. Uh, great question. Yeah. I think for me, um, growing up, my parents, you know, first had to respect them. Couldn't talk back to them. Couldn't anything with them. It's just, you know, if I did, I was getting back then I, you know, I was, I was, was a Italian. Yeah. I got the smack. <laughs> I had, I, my mother hates me saying this. I always tell, I say it publicly. I don't mind. <laughs> I'm like, I had 18 wooden spoons beaten over me. Yep. Broken that is. But I will say I deserve probably the majority of them. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I wasn't the oh, and I got my share kid. of smack, Vic. You know, like I got my share of smack. And, you know, like I would say that <laughs> most of them, most of them, I would have given that smack, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it was. I think about it now, you know, uh, eventually I'm going to have, you know, have kids with my wife. And I always think like, I, I think about how I was and I'm just like, you know, Ma, you do what you had to do. I appreciate it. Cause it taught me a lot, but the other thing too was, is, um, you know, so I had, you know, respect your grandparents, you know, you, you don't disrespect, you don't get out of line, you stay in it. They were very, um, good with getting that enforced into you. Um, but the other side too, is they also taught me to respect your strangers, right? You respect your, you know, family members or friends, you respect them. You say, hi, you got to give them a kiss or give you know, for a woman, you give a hug, uh, you know, shake a man's hand and look him in the eye. It was like very regiment that way. So, um, so I, I respected people, but the thing was, I think I was suppressed until I got into my, then I started looking, you know, starting my own self-discovery, yep. uh, trying to understand what the world's like. You know, I grew up in a Italian Catholic. It was religion. That's what kind of propelled me that way because I was never, you know, in height. I mean, it's not like I just was an Italian Catholic and I just knew, I read the Bible twice before, by the time I was a senior in high school, you know, I was a Eucharistic minister. I was very like religious in the sense of the Catholic church and everything. But there came a point where I was, you know, 14, 15, things aren't starting to make sense anymore. I'm saying, I'm just, I'm starting to challenge the stories. I want to know deeper stuff. And as I got higher into, um, you know, junior year, senior year in high school, I started to have more questions that weren't getting answered. And, and then it just wasn't, or it wasn't making sense to me. And I started doing a lot. I wanted to start like doing some soul seeking. So I remember, um, so my, my senior year, I ended up, uh, when I graduated, I was going to go to college. I chose to go to Arizona state. Now I'm all, I'm 36. So 18 years ago, from my town, little town, nobody really went away to school. It wasn't popular back then. Yep. But for me, I needed to get out of the system for some reason. And when I say system, I was very involved with my family. So a lot of their belief systems were, you know, not that not they're forced upon you. It just happens. It's like uh, yeah. osmosis. You're just going to take them on. Um, and, and it's all part of the plan. But then you had, then I had, you know, and all these other things. And I was just like, some of these things I don't agree with. I, you know, I just don't agree with these things. And 
Um, it wasn't until I went to Arizona State, that's when I finally was away from the family unit. And I had to learn, start to find, discover myself. And that took a long journey. But that's when, when I say, I mean, authority, how am I with authority? I'm in the health field. So I'll tell you from the medical side, I, I'm not anti-medicine or anything like that at all. They have a place where they belong, but I challenge the system. I'm all about challenging things. Our politicians challenge what they say. I tell my own patients to challenge me. Like, don't take everything I say as, as, as truth. Yeah. I say something, take it as a grain of salt, go do your own research. If you need support, if you need anything from me, I will share. If you want both sides, I'll share both sides if we're discussing something. Yeah. Um, I'm all about information and challenging, just like with everything with the coronavirus. I encourage people to like challenge what they're saying, like listen to what they're saying and then challenge it like it's not truth until you find the truth with it. Because if we just listen and be spoon fed stuff, uh, then you're not, where's the thinking? There's no critical thinking. You're not making an analysis. And so I think that's where like all these things like I'm getting like this. I think it came from being growing up in a, in, in a community where I had parents who I didn't get to say, I couldn't, like, if I wanted something, I couldn't get it at that moment. Not saying that my parents didn't give me what I want. They did. They were very loving childhood and everything. But like I, when I was 16, I was so excited to get my driver's license. Right. And my dad made me wait three months <laughs> before I can get it. Yeah. He could have took me any time, but he just, he was, he just, that's just how it was. You're not going to get it when you want it. You get it when you're going to get it. That's and a you very had to deserve event. it. You had to deserve it. Oh, big time. Oh, yeah. it was big time for that. And, but you know, there's, there's so much, you know, I look back now and I am so blessed with those lessons. It wasn't yeah. fun back then. Uh, it's not like I was all excited, you know, Oh, I got to wait three more months for this. I got to wait for this. That causes things that like, you know, in my life, well, maybe I'm not going to get this because of X, Y, Z, you know, that, that programming, but there's, there's also the other side that, Things may not come when I want them to come, even though I have the edge. Like I, I used to be more like, this is what I want. I'm going after it. And that's it. It's happening. Yeah. Um, Cause no one could tell me no. Right. There's that authoritative thing again, <laughs> but then, and then there's, you know, but then there's the other side where it's just like, Hey, you know what? I'm just, I, it'll come when it comes. I'm good with this. I, I've, yeah. I've already conditioned myself for that. So I'm ready to go and I can handle that if that's the case. And it's, it's funny because you know, like we're, we're not in a patient's era right now. <laughs> right, so, so, and especially during these times, you know, like it, it is a, it is a, it is such a shock, you know, like for everyone. And I'm part of the, you know, like, you know, like the, the, the people that are shocked about this, you know, like we're not in a patient's era, you know, like people are instant click, one click by, you know, like ship the same day and get, get it tomorrow. You know, like it, it is we're we're, we're not, you know, like I, you know, like to, to, similar experience younger, you know, like that, that you, you describe, you know, like in terms of deserving and, you know, like shopping for a Christmas gift for months, you know, like, and, and getting that little photo in the catalog and placing it, you know, like, and letting your parents know, you know, like, that's what I'm, I'm expecting this, you know, like, I, <laughs> I'm waiting, I'm waiting for this, you know, like, and, 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 but it, it was, a it was a waiting and a deserving game that was quite interesting because, you know, like, it, you, you always had that little threat hanging over your head that, you know, like if you mess around, you know, like you may not get it and you may, you know, like, but right now it's pretty much like point and click. You want something, got it. It's shipped, delivered. And you know, like it's, it's instant, you know, like it's crazy. It's you're right. Like it's crazy where 
were probably that last generation, you know, like I'm 45 and it was pretty much the last generation that had that, you know, like that we, we waited. <laughs> <laughs> Weeks, right? Weeks. Weeks and months, you know, I like remember a, that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so where did, you know, like in what field did you decide to go in terms of your study? You know, uh, getting into chiropractic. Well, you said that you moved to Arizona. So, oh, yeah. So, when I went, when I was going to Arizona, I chose Arizona State because they were like one of the top computer science schools at the time. Yep. And computers are something I was fascinated about. I've been exposed to them at a young age. I had one of my dads had a friend who would, he'd build computers, build a computer for us to have. And so I would open it up and look at the old floppy disk and uh, how the hardwire. I was just amazed by that. And so then I got into high school and I started dabbling with like putting computers together because I was just like, oh, let me, I, this is easy. I can, it's, it's just simple, you know, put some things together. There's all kind of coded in a way. Um, and um, I was just fascinated with computers, wanted to learn. So I was like, okay, how do I become someone of this who can work with computers uh, and so forth? What I didn't realize, that was my dad talking in my head because my dad believed computers is the future, which he was right. Totally right yep. on what he said. And he was like, get into computers. That's where you can make money and you'll be very successful with it. And so I, I was like, okay, because I've changed my career, like my decisions, junior year to senior year in high school, I could probably at least 10 times, you know, between a chef, a lawyer, accountant, all these different things. Um, so I got on the computers and then all of a sudden I was going to Arizona State, but then um, got there, started doing programming. And I was just like, this isn't fun. Like the, for me to sit in front of a computer for, you know, hours to make a simple bank account or savings and deposits and all that to do the program behind it. Yeah. I was like... I can't see myself doing this. So I started switching majors and looking at different computer technology, like computer technology, information tech, you know, all these different ones. And I just chose, I think it was like, it was one of the less programming classes. And I was like, if I got to go through four, I'll go through four. But there came a point where everything was leading up because it was all like, you know, again, everything happens for a reason. Well, why was I having so many struggles with this? Why was I hitting a wall? And I was getting mad and I was like, you know what? It is what it is. Let's let's see what I can possibly do. Um, but then another wall hit because um, when I was going back home for the summer break, I was not feeling good since I moved away symptom wise from, you know, I started having sinuses or I had it already, but like everyday congestion, digestive issues, all these different health things. And so long story short, I was talking to my mom, like, Hey, I think I have a blood disorder. This is not looking good. It's getting worse. I, I have low energy. I don't so sleep you, well. You had, you nailed it down to a blood disorder, like r almost right away. Well, I thought I had it because I was like, okay. I'm like, I have some blood because it was too many systems. It was like my digestion. I was getting headaches. I couldn't look in the, like light would bother me. Um, I would have an upset bloated stomach all the time. I had yellowing of the skin. I had acne on my back, never had acne ever. Cold sores every week in my mouth, once a week in my mouth. I'm like, I don't know what this is. And I'm not a health. I was like, I'm not a doctor, but I think I have some sort of blood disorder because how is it that all these things are happening? This is, this yeah. has got to be something severe. And the internet wasn't, I mean, the internet was out, but it wasn't the, like, you know, what we have today. Yeah. And so, so I'm like, Hey, let's go, whatever I have to do. So she's like, when you get back, we'll get it. And it took about a month for me to um, get an appointment. And then this is a couple of days before uh, my mom's like, Hey, why don't you go see Dr. Frank? Now, Dr. Frank was my chiropractor when I was about 10 years old to about 11 and a half. And, um, and she's like, I'm like, can he help me? What do you think? And she's like, go see him. Let's see what he has to say first. And then if you want, then you can go to the doc medical doctor. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go. 
And he kind of did a double take when he saw me. And, uh, but that's where my chiropractic journey started. So, and it was because he kind of showed me and says, Hey, you got about two and a half months at home. We'll get you out of your symptoms, but you're going to have to go to chiropractic care for the rest of your life. Um, I had scoliosis and some other things. And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, whatever I got to do. And so I decided at that moment, I was so fascinated by the time I was going back to school, he was like, I, I mean, I felt I got back to being me. Now, one piece of the story I didn't tell you is I played, I was playing rugby for Arizona state. It was a, it was a, a club team, but it's very vigorous exercises for the whole year of doing it. I wasn't in the best shape of my life. Now I'm lifting more weight than I ever had. I'm, I'm exercising. I could run about a five and a half minute, I have five and a half minute mile at that time. And, and yet I wasn't showing the physical side of it. And what blew me away was within four months of care, all of a sudden I was in the best shape of my life. And it was just, it blew me. I was just like, I can't believe it. All my symptoms are gone and I'm in the best shape of my life physically. I was like, there's, there's more to this that I can understand. And I want to learn this. This is like helping people making a big difference. And that's kind of how I got into from computers into chiropractic. And so bottom line is that by physical manipulation and, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but by physical manipulation, it, w it, it, it obviously probably wasn't a blood thing. No. Yeah. I mean, we, we call it in chiropractic, a, a, an adjustment, but it's one of those things where, uh, making the change, um, it helped with my body to heal again and it was healing itself. And, you know, we all have that design. I mean, even in our genes, yep. our genes want to be healthy. That's what their main design is that what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and so from that, that, that journey and, and seeing how that all worked, I was just unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Like, I'm like, he's doing what again? I, I think I can, I, now I appreciate the words I remember. Cause I'm like, he just does what to my neck and this, and, he, and it's going to help me. I'm like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how that's going to work, but Hey, if this is, I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot because it's my health. Yep. I trust the guy, my mom, tr and I trust him because my mother trusted him. So I was like, and she's been going to him now for 30, well, she's been under care for 35, 36 years. But, uh, it was one of those things where I'm like, she's been with him for a very long time. Obviously he helped her. I trust her. Let's see what happens. And so you go back to Arizona and decide that you call it quit there. Yeah. What I did is I switched my major, the business, and then, uh, I got everything arranged. And so that I finished the semester there. And then I headed back home and I finished up. I went to, uh, did a, I did a one semester at a small college, um, community college. And then the rest I did at the university of Illinois at Chicago. Uh, but I went there, of course, they wouldn't let me take more credits because I was trying to get done with college faster. Here comes just the overachiever or like to do things just whatever. And, um, I was going full time at UIC and I was going full time at the community college just to get done as quick as I could. So it was like 26 credit hours or something or no. Yeah. 26 <laughs> plus credit hours. Crazy. Wow. I did, I did it for three semesters straight. And, uh, but again, why, people thought I was nuts and I'm like, hey, it works out. I had a job working at the college to where I basically only worked half my time and the other half I studied and did my, all that stuff. So I was able, like those people would be like, how are you working 30 hours a week? How are you going to do all this? And then you play baseball on the weekends. Where do you find the time? I was like, well, 15 to 20 of those hours per week is, I can get my homework, my notes and everything done at work. So I was yeah. like, I was like, so I'm getting paid pretty much to do homework. I go, you can't beat this. And so I was like, this all worked, all worked out because of that. And so, um, so when you finish business school, um, how does it work for chiropractic? So I do, how do you get, um, 
you know, like you had to go to school for to 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 learn chiropractic. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah, it's uh, so chiropractic school. Um, they're they're about three and a half years to four years. Uh, it just depends what school you go to and so forth. So yeah, I decided um, after I graduated um, college uh, for my undergrad. Then I was like, okay, I was there's only I wasn't going to go to the school that was in Chicago. Um, my chiropractor at the time he graduated. He's like, do not go there. Whatever you do, do not go there. He's like, go somewhere warm. And I was like, well, let me know what school. And so he threw a couple out there, like California, but and then like up in Hayward area, California. And I was looking, okay, there's a school there. That, that'll be warmer weather. And then I looked at like how much rent would be. And I'm like, holy cow, that's a lot of money. Yep. Uh, because that's going to be all borrowed. I'm like, mm, I don't know if I want to do that. Uh, so I was looking to go to the school in Iowa. Uh, it's in Davenport, Iowa. And um, I could actually, they were going to allow me to miss the first week of school because I was trying to rush through. And I'm like, my graduation date's not till here. You start the week before. They're like, we can get you in. We can exempt. And I was going to do it. And then at last minute, I'm like, you know what? No, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to rush this. I, I'll wait till the fall to go. And um, that week, um, it was like three, a week before I had to send in my papers for the fall for the school in Iowa. Something told me to get out to Dallas and check out the other school. And I did. And I was like, I can be here. I can see myself here. I'm going to choose Dallas, uh, Texas. And that's where I made the decision on the weekend. I told the other school I'm not going to go there. I decided a different one, got all my applications and done instantly. And they uh, they accepted me. And I was um, a stuco. I went there in the fall, started in 2006. And so you said about four years of uh, of college to go through that um when you when you come out of it um so you're 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 certified chiropractor um how did it go you had so you had business and you had chiropracticing so you know, like how did it go what was Love your this. what was your plan and you're like what was your plan you wanted to open your own clinic yeah originally that's what i mean that's what i wanted to do I had a vi I had a big vision coming out of chiropractic school. Um, I got to know a lot of powerful people. Not powerful. Let me take that back. It's not the word. It's more they were just influential and they were leaders of the profession. And uh, being around them and learning about life and again, right, challenging that belief system I grew up with. You know yeah. how life should be. Like everyone, like being it. You know, growing up in my community, it was one of the things you don't trust anybody. Never trust anybody. Um, you know, and you always have to. That people always have an alternative motive. And it was just very common in where we grew up. And so you saw it all the time. So my father you, raised me on nothing's free. <laughs> yes. It's crazy. <laughs> nothing's free. Yep. Nothing's free. My father, if you know, like a, a friend, you know, like a school friend would give me a pen or a pencil or whatever. Fuck, you know, like the, like, you know, like small thing. I would bring it back from school and say, where do you get that? So, well, you know, Pat gave that to me, you know, it's like, nah, he didn't give it to you. You owe him now. I'm like, what do you mean you owe him? You owe him now. And you're like, so yeah, I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> and, I think, and I think that's like the favor system, right? That's because yeah. my dad is all about, still to this day, all about favors. Yep. Um, but it taught me how to negotiate. That's what I appreciate about that, right? Because somebody hears that and then it's like, yeah, but I saw what he, he was doing and I learned how to negotiate. I remember I was in business school and we had a negotiation class and, or it was part of a, the, the, the class that was something about with related to business, but it was, and we had a negotiation section and basically we're going up and I'm, I'm negotiating a car deal with someone. 
I have points that I want to get and they have points that are negatives for me or positives for them. I didn't know that. I mean, but I kind of put it together and I negotiated. And I, at the end, I was like, man, hopefully I, I gave up some things, but I, I know I got what I really meant. You got the highest point values on this. Let's see what happens. And I had actually the lowest score in the class. And I was like, dang it. Cause I'm a very big, I'm competitive, not in the way in a negative way. Like you just went out to beat them. I compete with myself and I love yeah. somebody who's doing better or who's better than me because then I'm like, I know where my next goal is. It yep. always gave me an outlook. So that's what I love about like sports taught me that and so forth. So, um, so there comes that mindset where I'm seeing the scores coming up and I'm like, son of a gun, someone beat me by like 3000 points. I was so mad. About it. I was like, son of a gun. I can't believe this. Then I find out the lowest score is the best score. Cause that means both party wins. <laughs> And all of a sudden, I'm like, holy cow, I got that right. I can't believe that. And it was kind of cool because, again, you know, favor systems, right? So there's always that beautiful side of things that you can see from it. Yeah. Um, so you you mentioned that you met inspiring people and um, people that, you know, like are, are well-known um, either personalities or characters in, in your practice. Um, what was the you know, like influence in, in terms of the path that you would draw yourself for your future? Like, like the, the path I was creating of the vision yeah. I had. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I remember sharing this, uh, one of the, uh, the president of our school at the time was named Dr. His name's Dr. Fabrizio Mancini. Um, very well known in the chiropractic world and, and he's very internationally known also. And it was one of the things where in trimester two. So my school at the time was three years a three-year jam curriculum. And um, so we had nine trimesters. And, and so my second trimester, uh, one of my friends who was the former uh, Jamaican um, hurdler in the 96 Olympics, um, people who came from athletics, they kind of knew the people in our, the school a little better. But um, long story short, he's like, the president really likes you. He, you know, I got to meet him a few times already talking to him. And he's like, he'll take you out to lunch. He wants to take you out to lunch. He goes, we'll make it happen. He only picks out certain people that he sees something in. I was like, okay, cool. Got a message from the secretary. All of a sudden, I got a lunch with him. And so he asked me a question in there. And it's very similar to what you were just asking is, what's your vision? He goes, what do you want for chiropractic? And what do you want to do for chiropractic and humanity? And I was like, man, let me tell you, I got a vision of helping people. I look at, you know, helping to, here's how I want to do it. I'm going to hit it from the inside out. I want to make sure that you know, I'm kind of come from a well-rounded place and, you know, help really, you know, save the world type of mentality. Yep. And so that was the kind of concept, but I had it in a way to where I, I wasn't, there was no stopping to where I want to go. I just got to get to each level. And so that's kind of how I, my vision was coming out of chiropractic school is that I was like, okay, I'm ready to start my business. I had some opportunities come up. I, I turned them down um, to have work, to work for another Cairo, the one Cairo who I was going originally going to, um, and so the path was I wanted to share this vision. I wanted to see people get well. I wanted to go against the, the, the whoever you want to call them. Um, you know, I, it, the machine, the people were like, I always see in my head, I see it as people um, walking down a path. They don't know how they got there. They don't know what influenced them to be there. And it's down a path that's not their greatest light. There's not their well-being. It's it's it, they're kind of programmed in a sense to be a certain way. So that can come from health, eating right, you know, your belief systems with that, moving right, your belief systems with that. Um, because there's a lot of like you know, sir, I'm big into words. So like one of the things is like chiropractors are known as quacks, a lot of the time. So and, when people and, call. Uh, oh, and Vic, you know, like I, I just want to 
just to be sure that you know like everyone understands you know, like there are three there you know like there there are three kinds of manipulation right you know like there's there's massage therapists there's chiropractic practice um practitioner and Chiro, there's yeah, yeah. and and then there's the osteo right that's pretty much the three main field in body manipulation for better health let's say that way can you can you help us understand, you know, like the, the main difference and the main, maybe the, the main approach, you know, like, or the origin of Cairo versus uh, the others? Yeah. Um, so chiropractic and osteopathy were very similar in many ways. It's more the approach of the philosophy of what they're working at and work they're working towards. Osteopathy believed in the circulation was the cause of disease. Chiropractors believe it's the nervous system that's the cause of disease. And when I say disease, I mean this hyphen ease, which means the body's yep. not working as in, as ease as it was before. Long-term, that does create disease and illness and so forth. So that's where, so chiropractors, we're, all, we're, we're, we're really more brain doctors. We just really focus on the brain, how the brain's wired. Um, and we use the spine as a tool, as the vertebras in your spine as like a tool to activate or stimulate the neurology there to help improve the communication between the brain and the body. You're so, still doing coding, Vic. <laughs> You're still coding. You're just go coding the spinal cord now. <laughs> you know, man, it is so true. Uh, it's funny when you say that. I, I have a couple programmers in my office as patients, and I love talking to them because I can I can talk about circuitry and stuff and tie that in how chiropractic is or how the brain is. And it's funny how their eyes will just like light up. They're like, "Oh my god, yeah, yeah, I get that. Oh, I see now what you're saying." And I'm just like, it's "So cool that I understand that." <laughs> so, so Cairo is nervous system and osteo is more of the blood vessels in the blood system. Yeah. They believed in circulation. So there, and there's some adjustments that chiropractors took from osteopathy in, in their techniques. Um, but yeah, it was more about the circulation side of things and to get things, uh, uh, moving along at that time. And so getting back to what you just said, which is like some people consider Cairo, um, you said quack quacks. Yeah. Uh, can can you tell me why you know like i've heard joe rogan for example say that you know like it, it, you know like it's pretty much snake oil and you know like I, i've heard because of the origins of it you know like where you know like i don't know if he's right or where does he base that that on um but just to sum it up you know like he says that you know like the guy that you know like was pretty much like a snake oil seller that invented chiropractic you know like so so it it for me, it's, it, it, it has always been, and I've, I've consulted and had good care from, from Cairo practitioners, you know, like big time. Um, so it, it, it's tough. It's just that, you know, like the, probably the, well, not probably the biggest podcast in the world is hosted by someone that said those things. So I, I would, I would love to hear from you. Uh, well, Oof. where does it, you think it comes from? Saying those things and, and then what's your, what's your opinion on it? Because I, I see you. I see. I just touched. <laughs> I, I just touched the right button, Vic. So <laughs> oh, this is one of my passions. You know, health and, and mindset are my two biggest passions. Um, no, I mean, when I heard that podcast, a lot of us in the chiropractic world were like livid by it because I'm like, this is such BS. Where's his science? Where's where's he getting his information? Right, and 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 all that stuff behind it because it was one of those things where 
Um, yeah, we were not upset by it. We're like, couldn't he interview one of the people that we can recommend? You know, some of the bigger guys who are researchers and scientists um, who can break that down so elegantly and challenge any. But you can challenge them on anything. They're not. They're gonna. They're, they have uh, some of these guys can spit out like exactly what study it came from, who were the authors, who wrote the study, how the study. Yeah. I'm like fascinated by those guys. Um, but yeah, um, again, I'm losing the question though. What was the question again? No, it's just that you know, what's your you know like. So my guess is that, you know, like the, the origin story that, oh, that, was. that Rogan would spell, would spill, wasn't quite what it is. No, no. So the original story is D.D. Palmer was the founder of chiropractic. Before he got into or looking at chiropractic, he actually was a magnetic healer uh, before that time. So he helped out a lot of people. He solved about 80% of his cases, give or take. Um, but he, he couldn't get those last 10, 20%. And so it was one of those things like he started looking at the nervous system and my background's in energy medicine. So I've studied things like Reiki. I'm a Reiki master and trainer. I've studied about maybe five, six different, different energy modalities and healing and a variety of stuff. And what he, what he found was that the nervous system was what controlled everything. And what he what ended up doing was um, when the first adjustment happened, which was by his janitor of the building, the guy lost his hearing and he's like, hold on, I have something that may, help you. You mind? I'll walk you through. So you evaluate him. He felt his spine. He makes an adjustment. Boom. His hearing's back. And it was one of those things that that's where it kind of began. But he wasn't uh, like, you know, you can consider somebody who's like a Reiki master or someone who does energy healing. Back in the day, they would call him like a snake oil person or that's woo woo stuff. And it's really a witch. (laughs) A witch. Yes, exactly. Right. (laughs) And so, you know, then so some people may hold on to that mentality, just like quacks. People don't know where it comes from. It actually comes from the medical system. And they, uh, 1963, they started a whole committee committee that was originally going to be against on chiropractors, but ended up being a committee. And they said that we can't say chiropractic. It's too you know specific and stuff. So they just said quackery in general. And so when someone's calling a chiropractor a quack, what they don't realize is that's something that was slander, the propaganda on chiropractors. And there was actually a lawsuit that took, I don't know, I forgot, 12, 14 years or something like that long to finally be shown that the medical system did ploy an attack on chiropractic and smeared false information and all that stuff. I didn't even know that expression. That's yeah. uh so yeah. Okay. I, you know, like I told you before recording that I read as little as possible about my guests. You know, like the, the, there's a reason for that. You know, like I want to, you know, like I want to learn as we go. Um, I saw that your practice as well does like, um, like, people's lives coaching and, you know, like, you know, like you, you help people and, and changing their, their destiny or their life. You know, like, where does that come from? Ah, that's my other passion. So it's, uh, my mom always told me growing up that if I put my mind to something, if I, if I put my mind into it and I believe in it, it it will happen. Right. And she always said, put your mind to it, it'll happen. And so that was something that I always remember because she said it so many times. And it was, but I, I remember when I was 12 years old, I was talking, I don't know if it was to her or someone, but I said, I'm going to figure out this life thing. I'm going to figure out, there's, I'm going to figure out the game to life. There's rules to it. I'm going to figure this out. And I just said it, you know, not, not so lot. And, but I meant it though. I was like, I want to figure this out. This, I want to know how life, I want to know the tick of life. And I want to know it from all levels I can possibly can. And so that, that's where it all stemmed. And then from there, that's where it evolved to where, 
um, I started getting into energy healing. I started studying quantum physics. I started studying neurolinguistic programming and neurology and the neuroscience and chiropractic helped me so massively because I studied the brain and everything and how the functions of the brain work. And so it was very easy to make connections and start connecting the dots of how life works. And of course, listening to a bunch of people like Tony Robbins and a bunch of other individuals, um, Learning and which learning is an NLP. He's, he's amongst other things an NLP master, right? Yeah, yeah. And well, the NLP community does not like him because he doesn't practice it like they do. He does it in his own version, um, which is funny. yeah. But um, it, it's yeah. I mean, like the, my wife is an NLP. She she doesn't practice, but she's a she's a bachelor. You know, like she she does she did a, the the oh, even her post. Yeah, she did her post. She just did it all. Uh, she took the professional side, not the life uh, coaching side, but more gotcha. the professional coaching side. Um, so you know, like I've heard of a few, th you know, like few things. You know, like it's it's there. There are many many things in there, which you you just you know, like you just mentioned. You know, like there's like there's hypnosis. There's you know, like it can go super super hard facted, or it could go really like more of. I wouldn't say esoteric, but you know, like more of the, oh shit, you know, like if I, if I'm more grounded, it, it takes me out of my comfort zone. Um, so you mentioned NLP. So my guess is that your curiosity plus adding up all of these things, you end up wanting to share that with others, right? Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to learn it. I wanted to test it on myself and then start just testing and seeing, you know, teaching and sharing whoever close friends I have and stuff and just see, does this really work? Does it, does it really happen? And, um, as I started to see, you know, when I was 24, 25, one of my spiritual teachers always said, she's like, you're very, you have a lot of information and knowledge. You know, a lot of things and you're way too young to know a lot of things, all these things. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I know this. And she's like, but you lack experience and that's gonna, you got That's where wisdom comes. And when you put the two together and I was like, no, no, I know this stuff. I got it. I understand universal laws because it was easy to conceptualize in my head. I understand it. Yeah. But then when it came to the experience side, it was fascinating because, you know, 11 years later, 12 years later, I'm looking back thankful for what you said, because it's like, you know, uh, it's the experiences of my life that's actually giving me more depth and understanding. And yeah. so from all that and adding that all up, that's where I was like, now I can start teaching this. And I, I understand enough of it, especially when I got deeper into neurology for chiropractic. I was like, I get this. I can put something together. And that's how it kind of all started. How do you, um, how do you converge the two of them? For me, so in my office, my chiropractic office, one of the things I'll do, uh, we use a technology called heart rate variability which is basically looking at um, how well you adapt to life, how well you handle changes, how well you're going to handle stress, um, how that's going to affect you. And then from there, whatever, the higher the HRV or heart rate variability, um, the healthier you are, the more you can handle changes and stress in life, and you're going to thrive through it. Where if it's the opposite end, that's when you're not going to thrive. The body's going to protect more, which will lead to things way down the road of chronic illnesses and so forth. Um, so we use that technology because it's a, it's a lifestyle assessment because the way to improve it, one is chiropractic care, second is exercise, third is nutrition, fourth is sleep, and the fifth is mindset. 
So we knew this in chiropractic because there's three causes, three things that cause a subluxation in your body or a miscommunication is what we like to call it in your nervous system. And it's, 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 oh, we were trained this way. It was taught this way. It's thoughts, traumas, and toxins, right? So the thought part was always interesting because a lot of my teachers will talk about, hey, it's emotional and mental stressors are about 80% of the time. And the research was supporting that and so forth. And so that was always my peaked interest. And I was like, okay, how can I help people? So when it came to my chiropractic office, I help on the lifestyle side, but I'll know if other lifestyle factors are affecting them. And the one I always addressed the first time, and I've tested this throughout the eight to 10 years I've been practicing, well, 10 years I've been practicing, um, is that if we can get to the mindset, I have an 80% chance of it helping me support them on their HRV. So I would look at things like, you know, mindfulness practice, like meditation, breath work, journaling, gratitude practicing. And that's kind of where I started like practicing some of these concepts on the mindset um, already before I had my other business on on mindset and everything tied to that. Um, And it just as I started to see how that played a huge role, um, one of the things I learned is that, you know, my patients eventually only saw me as a chiropractor. So if I they wanted to come to me for chiropractic stuff, which chiropractic helps everything. Um, but coming to that, they didn't want to hear Vic, Dr. Vic, the, the mindset guy. They didn't yeah. want to hear, Hey, I'm coming for this. Don't tell me my mindset and this pattern's creating that. And I would start to get a lot of resistance to a certain Don't degree. coach me, fix huh? me. Yes, exactly. Don't right? coach me, fix me. Yeah. Not a lot of people <laughs> want to be coached. You know, uh, so I do have a lot of patients that I do, but um, but there's some people who have a mentality, Hey, I want to be fixed. And I'm always like, Oh yeah, we don't, we don't fix or treat anything. What do you mean we don't fix or treat anything? We'll get to that later. Let's, you know, let's find out more about you right now. But yep. it's one of those things where, um, but yeah. So when I had those kind of those, those roadblocks or just kind of every time this urge inside of me kept coming, kept coming. And it was like, Hey, this is another avenue. You've got to write a book. You know, it was one of my visions at 28 to write, to be an author. It did not happen. I didn't become an author until 34. Um, but it was one of the things where my, uh, this, 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 it was like a, like a, just a huge bubble inside me and it just wanted to explode. And it was my urge to want to do mindset stuff. So that's kind of like, was the behind the scenes to get me into doing all my mindset stuff where we have our I do classes on it now. I've been doing coaching for over a year now. Um, I have my own podcast on it. Um, and I've written two books, both all relating to mindset. So do they, um, so there's a bit of convergence, but at the same time, you have two distinct practice that you run in parallel pretty much, right? Yes, totally. And every once in a while, like right now with everything going on with COVID, I blended it right now just because my, um, patients need a lot of help with the mindset side of stuff, which we've been sharing a ton of that, but then my community, they can get some of the health tips that I'm sharing with my patients, um, that they can have access to. So for right now, like our social media stuff and everything is all blended at the moment, but once this all kind of clears, who knows, we may, my health side, I may now look at, um, because I I do my background in nutrition is pretty extent extent where I may even do some online stuff for that too. Cause we're doing a lot of telehealth stuff at the moment. And, uh, it's just having me start to see in a different perspective. What's the state of, you know, like great subject to bring, but you know, like what's the state of mind of people right now? A lot of what? fear, a lot of stress. 
A lot of worry. Um, my the people I serve, um, I wouldn't say a lot of them are. I mean, they're more frustrated and angry, like they're done with this. Let's move forward. Um, you know, and, and some people are getting frustrated with what they're hearing from the the media or what they're freaking out from from the media. So there's that. There's there's a lot of low vibration. There's a lot of I can, it's palpable. You can feel it here. It's just a lot of uh, like intent, intenseness and just, you know, and when they finally start to give a little bit of a break and you can feel things kind of opening up and lifting. And then there's some news that comes out and all of a sudden I can feel the fear again going on. And so how do you, you know, like, I, I don't want to spill the secret, you know, like, but, but at the same time, what do you recommend? So what do you tell, you know, like you, you need, you need to shut it off. You know, like you, you need to shut off like the, the, you know, like it, cause it feels like it's, um, there's massive hypnosis taking place. You know, like you talked about the media, you know, like the, it, it feels like mass hypnosis. You know, like, okay, everything's going to be good. Stay home. Don't move. You know, like the, there's like that, that, you know, like there's something and I get the frustration and the angriness, you know, like, and, and being ang fucking anger. Uh, <laughs> You're like I, I get it, <laughs> but, but but at the same time, like it, it's always about you know like you know like I, I'm I'm I think I'm I'm wise enough to be able to kind of catch myself going into those dark places and just like step back. I'm like okay okay relax. So I everything is gonna be good. Take a moment to, you know, like, as you said, you know, like pretty much a gratitude list and, you know, I like count your blessing and, you know, look at stuff that are better and look at stuff that that situation made me gain or win or, you know, like add to my life, you know, like, and then, and then, okay, rely on this and count on this on bank on this, you know, like, and, and just, you know, like, and, but I, I totally get how easy it is to spiral down, you know, like to just say, well, fuck that. You know, like that list is so thin and so short that, you know, like there's that list there that's much longer, that's pretty darker, much darker in terms of, you know, like the, um, so what do you, you know, like on pretty much like in, in, on, on a thousand feet level, what do you, what do you propose? You know, like, what do you say? I love it. Great question. Um, and this is something we, we addressed on both sides of our, my practice and everything since Mar the beginning of March. And that is first, what you want to do is, you know, when you get fear, when you have worry, um, it activates a pathway on the side of your, it's right above your ear, part of your brain there called the temporal lobe, right? In the temporal lobe, there's a section of it called the amygdala, which is known as your fear, anxiety, and worry center. It's not where the brain totally feels all stress and worry, but it's the main center of it. And so what happens is if you get in that place of fear or worry, you stimulate your short your breathing starts to get shallow. Eyes start to uh, dilate. Just you get into this fear-based state. Now, when you fire this pathway once, okay, that's fine. When you're firing it two, three, four, eight, twelve, get the point. It just start to get higher and higher, and more, start to reinforce that pattern. You start to become more in this reactive state. And now, like like you were saying, hypnosis, right? Why do you think the media says all media channels say the same words? You can go to any nation station you want. They're all yep. saying the same words. Um, there's, there's, there's a reason behind that. I, you know, you can do the, do the research, uh, but long story short, um, you constantly hear things that whatever that word is, it's going to mean something to you. And then you're going to fire up these emotions. And what are you doing? You're repatterning, repatterning. So it could be anger. It could be frustration, whatever it is. 
So what you want to do, when I usually advise from a mindset perspective is, first, how do you change the wiring? How can you short circuit and go the other way? We talk about programming, circuitry, all that fun jazz. So yep. this is what it is. And what you're doing is, um, how can you turn that part of the brain off, which is what I call in my practice a gas pedal or your sympathetics, this is a medical term. How do we shift that into a different mode, which is known as brake pedal or parasympathetic, which is the slowing down, the calming, the hailing, the regenerative area. How do we how do we make that switch, which is right here, prefrontal cortex or the frontal lobe? Um, that's where um, the calming effect of the brain happens. And then where eventually when you wire to that area, then it's also the body. And so there are things outside of chiropractic that you can do. And one of them I always, always recommend right off the bat is breath work, a breathing. Now, not just slow, long or short breathing, um, something vigorous, something that's going to get you outside your comfort zone. And you really got to work on this. So, um, a technique I always recommend is by a guy named Wim Hof. He has the Wim Hof method breathing. I was just about to say that Wim Hof, <laughs> cold showers. Yeah. Wim Hof is, Wim Hof. I love his technique. I love it. But and this guy of, is just okay. phenomenal, crazy. I mean, like if you if you have a chance to, if you're listening to this and you don't know Wim Hof is, it's W-I-M-H-O-F. And this guy is just crazy. Look, go down that rabbit hole. You have time right now. <laughs> go down that rabbit hole of Wim Hof. It, it, this guy is just, he's, he's uh he shocks the scientific world with with stuff that he does and it's just uh it's just craziness anyways but i know exactly what you're referring to in terms of you know, like that it's it's active and well it's quite active breathing techniques it's yeah. it's nothing about this you know like three up four down and you know like it's way more uh yeah it's an impulsive and 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 it from the outside world it looks like a stressful breathing but it's <laughs> nothing you know like there's nothing of that nature in in that te breathing technique so yeah oh. and, and and so what it does neurologically is you're going to stimulate a nerve called the vagus nerve which is a major portion of the parasympathetics and so when you stimulate 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 you start to all of a sudden change that pathway and then also neurologically when you breathe you have something called the breathing pacemaker in the brainstem so it's monitoring breath rate and then it reacts from that so that's why when you take a couple of deep breaths, all of a sudden you can feel a little calmer because you're changing the pacemaker of the breathing pacemaker of that area of the brain. And so that's why also the breath, when you do Wim Hof, you can get into like what yogis try to take 20, 30 years to get into. You can do through the breath and his work in a matter of just like, you know, a couple of weeks. Yep. But that's one. And well, go ahead. I mean, that's one thing I'd recommend uh, just, just so I don't miss the other one here. The other one I usually recommend is meditation. Now, for some people, that might drive you crazy, um, and I totally get it. And meditation comes in many forms. It, it could be yoga. It can be walking. It can be shaving. It can be uh, – it's not the type where you're thinking of just sitting in a dark place and closing your eyes and not thinking. Uh, good luck. That's never going to happen. You always have thoughts flying through your head. Um, you know, So it's one, you know, up to fifty to 70,000 thoughts per day. So that, that's a quite a lot if you think about it. Um, yep. And so you're always going to have them. So, but the key thing is it, 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 what, what, what meditation is is focus focusing and connecting with yourself. And, and when you can get that and be more resilient to it, you don't pay attention to so much of the thoughts flying. They're still there, but they don't come and bother you as much. Why do I share that? Well, we know that activates and stimulates the prefrontal cortex. Again, calming part of the brain, calms the body. Uh, but one of the, you know, it's your executive center. It's what controls your impulse um, and also helps with behavior and mood. Um, and then all your executive centers and so forth. So when you can make that switch, 
Now, all of a sudden, you don't get so caught up in the worry and fear. You listen to it, but it doesn't affect you. You know, you're not reactive to things as much. Like there was a story of a, a, a meditators, a group of 10 of them, they're master meditators and they go to a restaurant. And what happens is, is all of a sudden some waiter drops all these dishes across the whole the floor. The meditators go to look, they make sure they're okay. And they just went back to eating. Well, everyone started talking about it, gossiping it, someone should be fired, all this reactiveness. And so you see the same situation, you just don't react. COVID-19 came when everything started to shut down. You know, my wife was looking at me like, why aren't you worried? I can't believe you're not worried. And I just looked and said, hey, so, you know, again, something's going to come out of this. But let's really look at this from a different point of view. Let's, let's, let's walk down and see how severe this really could be. And let's look at both let's look at all the options. And then when we have all the information, we know where we can be at every stage. And then you're just, you're just calm and collective. You know, it's not that I didn't have any worries ever. I'd be lying if I said that. But it was one of those things where I'm like, well, there's only two options. There's two things I can choose. I can worry and freak out and X, Y, Z, or I can make a choice and be like, no, this is what's going to happen. We're going to go this route. And let's just, we're going to, we're going to look at every single plan, have an A, B, C, D, E plan, and just make sure that we're locked away for whatever, from the worst extremes to the most minimal. Yeah. I mean, you know, like it is, um, Right now, it's it's such a unique situation and such a unique moment in time that you know, like there's um, it's pretty much not much else than stepping back from it, you know, like because if you're in the gist of it, you know, like pat, I mean, no wonder where panic and fear comes into play right, right, right off the bat, you know, like the, 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 the it's such a known, you know, like we're not used to that. You know, like that's the, as I said, you know, like it's not a patience error and it's not an, it's a control error as well. You know, like you need, we need to control. And right now we're not controlling shit, you know, like, so it's, it's panicking, you know, like it's, it is panicking. No. And I'm guilty as charged here. You know, like I, 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 you know, like I'm, 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 I wouldn't say control freak, but you know, like I'm, I'm in charge, you know, <laughs> you know? And so when you lose that, it, it becomes like, oh, wait, 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 who's, who's taking over my, my, my own, you know, like it, it is, it is quite weird. It's a weird feeling. Um, so, and, and again, you know, like it's, it's facing the unknown that makes this, uh, more challenging. And my guess is that you, 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 you must live it every day in terms of your own patience, you know, where, where you discover the effect and the impact. And my guess is that in a few years, there's going to be PTSD from that. There's going to oh, be yeah. true, you know, like there's going to be true, um, people that are going to be, they're going to be that, that they're going through now that are going to be affected for, you know, like a long, long time, you know, like that, that they're going to be, yeah. My, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised where you're like, there's going to be mention of PTSD from that crisis. Oh, yeah. I mean, in mental health, just alone. I mean, humans are uh, creatures of community and being together and, yep. um, you know, isolating, putting in shelter. I mean, my biggest concern, this is why we attacked right off the bat with like fear and mindset and all this. And we blended immediately was because mental health is the one thing I'm really more concerned about. And so far, you can say the economy and all this, and that's, you know, that economy is going to, you know, take its tanks and hits and all that. But then there's also how much of mental health of people who can't, don't go out, get into redundancy, right? We're in an inpatient era, we're, you know, patient era. And then also the other thing too is, is that, um, 
I lost my train of thought with this, but again, it's just coming back to, you know, the mental health side of it and, and just people do, oh, there it was, people doing the same thing over and every single day. Um, they need yeah. that distraction of something different. They need that yep. distraction of going to watching the game, whatever sport that may be. They need that distraction from themselves, and they don't have that anymore. So now it's just, what do I do with all this time? Is this my life? You know, and, and if you're not suited for that or ready for that or wired that way to support you, it can go down some dark roads. Yeah. Vic, you know, like you, you, you talked about the fronting front, front, front lobe that, you know, it gets, um, calm down and, you know, like that gets, you know, like finds this peace. I have to say that, you know, like a, a, a year ago, you know, like almost to this, not to this day, but you know, like last March of 2019, I started that podcast and, and I, I pretty much repeat the same shit every episodes, but you know, like I, I reach out to strangers. I initially started with friends and family and relatives, but eventually I reached out to strangers, which gracefully and, and openly accepted to be guests on, on this. You know, like, and every time I was not only humbled, but you know, like, you know, like just filled with such gratitude that people would accept it, like a, a, a nobody's podcast that has like, you know, like I don't, I, because I'm so niche, you know, like I, I don't have the numbers of a Rogan or, or I wish, but you know, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is that, you know, like the, those are, you know, like they're, they're organic and slow growth and, you know, like you, you reach out and you say, well, fingers crossed, you know, like, I hope that, you know, like I'm going to get, you know, like people that, you know, like besides my family, you know, <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm running, I'm running thin here. You know, like I'm, <laughs> I've done a few, but I'm running thin, you know, like it's, it's going to be, it's going to be done soon. Um, a year and some weeks later. Um, I, I find myself like filling my agenda of people that, that are willing to accept to, to join in. And, um, you as, as well as all the 80 something others are my therapy. You know, like they're, they're, you guys are just helping me and going through any times, so you know, like being this special time, but you know, like, um, like it's been a year, you know, like, and, and, and I always, again, you know, like I always share the same thing, you know, like originally I'm a guy that comes from 12 stepping, you know, like I'm, 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 mm -hmm. I'm a 12 stepper myself. So, um, but I always come back to, you know, like the origin and the genesis of it is, you know, like a guy that was, you know, like that was anxious to have a drink and was just like thirsty as hell reaching out. He's in, uh, in hotel lobby, reaching out, freaking out and finds that drunk doctor that says, I'm the last person you want to talk to, you know, like I'm a fucking waste, you know, like of your time. And I'm, I'm just, I'm a waste of the profession. And you know, like I'm, I'm, you know, like anyway, so like Mr. Dr. Bob wouldn't be, you know, like the best reference at the time. And, um, Bill Watson, the, the guy with that was like the flashy, you know, like a uh, stock broker and all that, you know, like that was the one that was sitting in the hotel lobby. Just, he called churches and couldn't find anyone, any priest that would meet with him because it, it had initially had like a religious uh, foundation from another group that I, re that I forget the name anyways. And so he reaches to Dr. Bob and said, no, 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 no. You're precisely the guy that I need to go talk to. And they sit down and, um, they spoke and talked for eight hours 
that's what, you know, a legend says that, you know, like they spoke and talked for eight hours and drank a shit ton of coffee. And by the end of that eight hours, realized that they, they, they weren't thirsty anymore and weren't for the past eight hours. And ants began the AA uh, organization. Two fella that shared the same pain, thirst of alcohol, that by sharing and talking and exchanging together, lost their thirst. Um, and, you know, 60, 70, 80 years later, you know, like we're, we're hundreds of millions that not only do for alcohol, but do for drugs, for food, for sex, for, and so on. Um, sharing with people such as you, Vic, you know, like does pretty much the same thing for many parts of my brain. You know, like it does the same for, you know, like when I spoke to Anne last week, you know, like for, and, and when, when, when you take me out of my comfort zone, because you know, like the, there, there's some stuff that you describe here, you know, like the energy healing for me is just like, oh shit. Okay. We're going, are we going there? You know, like <laughs> it oh, is, you know, it, like right? for me, it's just, I mean, you know, like I'm, I'm a, you know, like I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm a, feet on the ground guy, you know, like, and I, and I love <laughs> asking myself those questions. I love discovering and exploring those fasts of life because I've seen people saying it fucking saved my life and it f freaking helped me, you know, like, so, so, and so, yeah, you know, like the, just like long story or long, you know, like long, long talk short and saying that, you know, like I thank you, the, Mr. Vic <laughs> to have accepted to be part of that, that adventure of mine. You know, like it's a journey, you know, like for me, it's a, it's pretty much a personal journey of discovering people and discovering profession and discovering life story. And, and yours is now part of that, of that old journey. And, you know, like I'm, I'm super grateful that you accepted to be part of that. It's my pleasure. It was my honor to be on. I appreciate you for having me. And the last thing I would ask you is, you know, like, where can we find you, Dr. Vic? Love it. Uh, appreciate that question. Um, online is one of the easiest. It, you go to my website, empoweryourreality.com. You can check out and get connected with all that I'm up to. You subscribe to email if you want to keep up with me there. I'm on social media, Facebook at Dr. Vic Manzo, Instagram at Dr. Vic Manzo. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, so I'm out there. Um, get connected. I have a podcast also, if you want to check that out, but um, it's all connected on the website, but that's pretty much me. I get the What's your me. podcast name? What's your podcast name? The Mindful Experiment. Awesome. And uh, just for every listeners, every link that uh, Vic just mentioned are going to be attached to the description of the podcast. So you can find them there as well as, you know, like uh, you said that you had two books, their books are sold or they're out in the open. Yeah. Uh, book number exactly. one is Rediscover Your Greatness. Number two is perfect for this timing, A Walk in the Dark. Awesome. So, you know, like both of the, the, the book links, as well as all of the links that Vic mentioned are going to be, uh, are, are in the description of the episode. So go scroll this down and look for the, the links. And again, Vic, thanks a lot. Really appreciated your time. And, you know, like, uh, wish you the best. You know, like I, 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 you know, like I know those are hard times, especially for like physical contacts, you know, like, but, but I know that, you know, like you, you, I think you found a, a great, path to making this you know, like just uh make yeah make everyone's and your own life better so uh thanks again for your time Vic. appreciate that brother keep up the good work take care you too bye